Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by the Sensory Learning Center with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Hello and welcome to our show today. I could not be more excited. Uh, what a fun subject we have for all of you. We will be talking about Disney World, my favorite place in the world, and a book that will either change your opinion about this vacation mecca or it will contagiously invite you to return. The book is Passporter's Open Mouth for Walt Disney World and the Disney Cruise Line, and the newest second edition is so amazingly filled with tips and assistance for many types of disabilities, including autism, you can easily plan for a worry-free vacation. Joining me today are authors Deb Willis. Deb hello. Wills and hello and Deb Deborah Coma. Hi. Hello. Um, Deb Wills started the very popular Disney website, allears.net. Her love with Disney World spans many decades and her experience with special needs coincides with her job as a rehabilitation assistant years ago with a vacation travel program for special needs adults. And then Deb Deb Deborah Coma is the senior editor of All Ears and has been to Disney World more than 40 times. Uh, she's an excellent writer, and it's very evident in this spectacular book. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank, Thank you for, for having us. having us. Uh, I love, love this book. Are you getting the attention that you deserve? Are, are, are people becoming aware of this? Either one of you. I know we have to, I mean, I probably have to get used to addressing one or the other, but you just go, just go <laughs> off. <laughs> go ahead, Debbie. Oh, well, uh, the book just was released in September, and it is currently working its way through distribution channels. So um, it hasn't, um, as of the last time I checked, it hadn't reached the bookstores uh, or even the online bookstores yet, except for our publisher's site. Um, The book is available from them directly. But So we haven't really gotten a lot of uh, reader feedback yet. And so where they can get it directly right now is Passporter.com, correct? Right. Okay. That, that's great. So this is very, very hot off the press. I was very excited to get um, my edition already. Um, I, it's, it's going to be hard for me to let the two of you talk because I'm so, so excited about this subject. And I'm just going to go on and on, so I'll try to break as I can. But I love travel. I love Disney. And I love what it has done for my my son, Joey, who's 14 now, um, and what Disney World has meant to him and meant to, to the whole piece of autism. And um, I'd like to tell everybody listening today that my involvement with all of this, um, I had interviewed both of you for my show when I was on Autism One, and now that I'm in Voice America, um, I've been wanting to have you back, but um, I got a great excuse when right before my last trip, and literally, I don't know if if either one of you remember or heard this, but it was literally the day before I was leaving that one of you called me. I don't even know who it was. Right. I think it was me. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And um, asked if I would, you know, pick up some tips for autism or just just be a peer reviewer. And I was so excited because um, I'm so passionate about this. And I came back and sent in my tips, and as the book started coming to me chapter by chapter, 
I realize that it deals with many different disabilities, but I read every word cover to cover. <laughs> no matter what the disability was, I read about it because with running a holistic center, I was so interested in all the tips for many different types. Talk about all the different um, all the different challenges that you cover in this book. Well, we cover a, a wide variety of challenges, autism, as you've mentioned, Betsy, and, of course, allergies, asthma, chronic fatigue, uh, diet, fears, hearing, heart, uh, medical treatment in terms of we have specific sections on diabetes and epilepsy, folks with motion sensitivity, size, um, if you're pregnant or traveling with an infant, vision, and um, we, we've just been very excited about this new edition. We listened very hard to the feedback we got from the first book, and people said they wanted more reader input, more up close and personal. So we have a series of in-focus topics, which, and of course, you and your son are featured in one of them, where you talk about some tips that are very important for traveling with autism, and we have them for, for a number of other challenges as well. So important because it does help you feel like you can conquer it. Now, when I think back as to the first time I went to Disney, to be honest, I left my son at home. I just brought my daughters because the challenge of bringing him along just completely overwhelmed me, and I didn't know how he was going to be, how he was going to react, and he was a lot sicker back in those days, too, so I definitely was dealing with different challenges. But as um, the first time that I did bring him, I saw something in my son that I had never seen before. And it's, it's something about the imagination piece of it and something about, you know, with autism, so many of these kids are living in their own world. And this might even be the world that they're living in, uh, in, in all of its fantasy and fun. Plus, because so many of them are big video watchers, you know, or TV watchers um, with a lot of the cartoons, they feel comfortable because they recognize so many familiar friends there. Mm-hmm. Um, autism is a big is a big part of your um, of who you're giving this out to. Tell me about who next to autism. What would you say would be one of the biggest groups that this group that this book is being marketed to? I, well, I I, think, go ahead, Deb. Nope, go. <laughs> it's too hard. <laughs> um, I I would have to say um, possibly um, people that have uh, physical challenges. Um, sure. Not just those that are in wheelchairs, though, but um, those that have other physical challenges, such as maybe size issues. And um, also, you know, hearing and vision impairments and things like that. So really um, a lot of physical challenges, I think. Uh, the size issue was interesting. When I read the size piece of those who who may be unable to fit into certain turnstiles or rides, I have to say that reading it in your book kind of made me aware of it in general. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever thought about that before, and ever since reading your book and reading about the challenges that those with size have, did I ever think about what it means to go on an airplane or what it means to go on um, even to even the chair that's going to be in the restaurant or what's in the theater. Um, so I think that was it, it's a very very compassionate and important chapter. Right. It's, it's because it's not just about the physical discomfort that you might have, but also sort of the social 
embarrassment you might feel about finding you can't fit somewhere or um, can't squeeze through the turnstile or something. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple different sides to that. Um, so uh, we do try to uh, make uh, you know make the book as inclusive for everybody as we can, and, and that's just one way. I mean, trying to take that kind of thing into consideration. Um, Deb, tell me about the the, the diet piece. Um, is that something that um, either one of you? Well, actually, I should actually ask both of you because it's something that either one of you has to be faced with. And was that that that's a hard subject to write on because there's so much variety when it comes to that. Um, as to what people are looking for. Um, it is very difficult, and, and some of it ties into allergies and, of course, medical treatment because there are so many folks who um, need, are on gluten-free diets. And right. And that's one of the things that encompasses a, a number of different um, medical um, uh, medical items. But Walt Disney World is one of the best places for those who are on a gluten-free diet Time and time again, we have people write us to the website and say how it was so great to have the chef come out and say, no problem, I can do this for you, I can do that for you. Um, An important thing to note in the book overall is Disney World is not perfect. It's not going to be your 100% perfect vacation. But I'm pretty certain that it's going to be a whole lot better than almost any place else you can travel, except maybe your mom's house or a family or a friend. Oh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I mean, you know, it, it, because because of the, they have such a responsibility, and I, I have to, you know, in in when I travel, I am gluten free and I'm also dairy free, um, and my son has numerous other different types of food intolerances. And um, I would say that there's certainly no place I've ever been to where they're so strict. The the um, parks are amazing, and they're so fantastic, and we can talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But um, I have not been on one of the cruises lately. It's been two years, two and a half years since I was on the cruise. And that one was... Somewhat disappointing, I have to say. The, the cruise disappointed me because they were fantastic with the strictness, but they were strict to a point where we, ne- where my son never got anything fun. You know what I mean? It's like it was like they were so afraid of making a mistake. So if if fear is your factor in in, in the food, you're not going to have a problem. But the, but they're they're limited on the cruises to how much food they can have, so they can't play around with it as much as they can in the parks. That's and, correct, and, and one of the things that happens is, um, and this is true not just for the food, but, but anything special that has to do with the cruise line is that you've got the shoreside folks, and they're communicating with the boat-based folks. Uh, and unfortunately, because of that, sometimes things do fall through the cracks. I have spoken to um, a few of the executive chefs on board the cruise ship. I know that they're willing to do whatever they can possibly do, but you're right. They don't have um, 50 restaurants at their disposal like at the Walt Disney World Resort where if you're at Flying Fish, you can call over to um, the boardwalk and say, does anybody have X, Y, and Z? I have someone here with a special diet or a corn allergy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they totally totally do that. 
that that's a really important note because that that's what I was finding. It was like, you know, um, they, they can they can do it. They just don't do. It. And, and one of the things that disappointed I'm hoping that this is better now. But they had that great ice cream shop um, by the pool, um, and they didn't have any dairy free choices. And I said, can't you at least have a popsicle? So I, I don't know if that has changed since. But um, other than that, um, I, I would say that the diet end of it is so phenomenal. And I, when I sit and, and talk to people that have been on the diet, I'm sure you hear this a lot, that they say the only place they come on vacation is Disney because it's the only place that they feel safe. Absolutely. We have we've heard that many times from a lot of different people. Important important information. We are going to be um, taking a, a break in a little bit. Uh, what I what I want to talk about today is I want to go. I want to talk about each of the parks, and I want to talk about some of the highlights and the things to watch for in, in all of the different parks, as well as a couple tips about where to stay. We're going to focus mostly on autism from this point forward, but I wanted everybody to get a good idea as to um, what is what this book is overall about. To get your copy of this book, you want to go to um, Passporter. It's Passporter.com, P-A-S-S-P-O-R. Com. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we'll be back with Deb Coma and Deb Wills. We'll be right back. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten-Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus-Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Inner Health Through Homeopathy, hosted by Melissa Birch, CCH, with Dr. Tim Stryker. This show features a weekly discussion about homeopathy, a holistic approach to health care which treats ailments by bringing the entire body into balance. Homeopathy encompasses and examines the makeup of the entire person instead of focusing solely on a disease or ailment. The healing process involves physical, mental, and emotional changes which come from a wellness within. Homeopathic remedies go far beyond an alleviation of symptoms. They can restore harmony to the body and open paths to a higher level of awareness. Each week, Melissa Birch, CCH, explores a different health issue and individual healing processes with Tim Stryker, M.D. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for inner health through homeopathy. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. We are back, and we are talking about Passporter's Open Mouth for Walt Disney World and the Disney Cruise Line with the wonderful writers of Deb and Deb that are joining me today. Um, thank you for being on, and, and let's... We've been talking a little about what this spectacular book is about, but let's focus a little bit more into autism right now, and let's talk about the different parts and some of the things that you want to look for and and, uh, be concerned with when you're at some of these different parks. Of course, the number one park that everyone has to visit is Magic Kingdom, and Magic Kingdom is full of all kinds of magic and wonder and many different Many different types of uh, stimulants, I, sh- I guess I should say. Right. And I guess it really depends on where your child with autism is at, whether or not they're craving that or they're afraid of that. Exactly. The first time I have to say that I went to the parks, um, I, I, with my son, we only stayed for probably about half days at each one of the parks. And then we went back to the hotel and let him swim for a while. Um, of course, I felt like, oh, we're missing so much. There's so much we didn't get to see. Um, but yet, it was just, it was just, there's a lot of stimulation going on. Do you think that that's a good thing to, that a lot of people do do is they just kind of go into it a little bit gradually? I, I think so. And, and you really have to know your situation, know what the triggers might be for, um, different problems that might arise, and the, and the idea is really to put quality over quantity. Um, it's not going to do much if you get home and you've been on 10 rides in the Magic Kingdom, but you've had a miserable time, where the person you're traveling with has had a miserable time. I think you have much better magical memories if you just take it nice and easy or very flexible. Um, when you know enough has been enough, then you go back to the room, whether you take a nap or go for a swim, uh, whatever the option is. But those are the times that you're going to really have the memories and the magic and and just play it by ear and do one thing at a time. And hopefully you will have more trips than just the one that you're going on this time. That's for sure. And and I never I never expected after our first trip that I would be making this a yearly um, trip for us. I I never thought uh, that was going to happen. But and you probably hear this from those who deal with any. Anyone in their family is having a disability. When that person's happy, everybody's happy, right. um, because you're. You, they, they they don't get a lot of happiness in in the mainstream of this world because it's not geared for them. But with Disney, it is so geared for them that they feel so amazingly special, and um, that makes it great. So, in in with Magic Kingdom. I don't. I'd love to hear what you hear back from your um, readers with autism and um, children with autism. I would say that's probably one of the, the greatest places to start in, in any of the parks, just simply because of the tremendous variety. And you can do rides, you can do shows. Um, it's not a lot of walking because it's all relatively close. What do you feel about that? I, I would tend to agree with you, um, Betsy, about that. And the Magic Kingdom is probably. Uh, the most familiar of the parks. As you mentioned earlier, um, children that watch a lot of videos um, are you know, familiar with a lot of the Disney characters are going to find most of them hanging around uh, the Magic Kingdom. So they're going to see them. And even if they're not 
uh, at a point where they want to actually approach the characters or have the uh, characters approach them, they can see them safely from a distance or they can see them in the parade um, or they can just see them, you know, being greeted by other children. And, and, and that probably has a, a, a certain amount of entertainment value. And uh, a lot of the rides there um, are, as you say, can be overstimulating. Um, but there are also plenty of things to do that are not. Uh, so that if your child, you know, depending on what your child is seeking, you can certainly find um, that variety. You have all options. And to get back a little bit to to what you were saying before about taking a break in the middle of the day and all, we we certainly recommend doing something like that um, if that works for your child. Uh, although we have had other people who say, my child just can't tolerate being interrupted in the middle of the right. day. Right. Um, yeah, and so what they do is they find other ways, like they find a quiet corner um, to, to sort of hang out and uh, sort of chill for a little bit, and uh, that way the whole day isn't disrupted. So... Um, there, that, that's important. I, yeah. I, I have to. I, 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 of course, not so much the first day, but as of as of now, with my son's memorization of the parks, I, I couldn't even begin to leave until all has been done. Right. Uh, um, Deb, can you talk a little bit about the um, the fast pass and, and how that's used and how that's obtained? FastPass is, is one of Disney's miraculous inventions that allows you to not stand in very long lines. What it does is you, you use your admission ticket and you go to a, a very popular attraction where FastPass is offered. You put your admission ticket in and out pops up a little ticket that says, Hi, uh, you can come visit Splash Mountain between the hours of 11 and 12. And when you go back to that particular attraction, between those hours, you're in a separate line. You don't wait in what's considered called the standby line, which is where everyone else is standing. You're in a line that has been timed by a computer program so that your your wait time is as minimal as possible. And for for children, folks with autism, it's really a wonderful, wonderful advantage because you have an idea of what time you're going to get back there. So you can say, after lunch, we are going to go to um, Splash Mountain or whichever Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. And um, it really helps, and it also puts you in less crowded conditions, typically because there's not a lot of people waiting in the line. And it's just, it's wonderful. You can... There's certain restrictions with FastPass. You can't hold two or three at the same time. But it enables you to program your day a little bit easier and work around things and certainly not wait in long lines, especially when it's very hot and crowded. So when when you're dealing with some mild disabilities or things that aren't um, as as much of a medical reason for for waiting, those are that's a great way to go. But if you are dealing with a child that has um, very prevalent autism um, or any sort of um, disability where waiting can be difficult, can um, Deborah, uh, Deborah? Can you talk about the special assistance card? Sure. Yeah, Disney does offer what they call the guest assistance card, which you can obtain from guest relations at any of the theme parks. Um, that's the main information um, office at the theme park. And basically, you just go in there and describe the situation to the cast member that is working there. Um, tell them what specifically you need, not that your child has autism or your child has 
um, I don't know, some, some other challenges, but specifically what you want. You would like to have uh, an area to wait apart from the crowds, or you would like to have an area to wait out of the sun. Um, and they can issue this guest assistance card to you, and it will be valid for the length of your stay at all four theme parks. And you just need to show that when you uh, encounter the first cast member at any attraction, and they will try to accommodate you um, with whatever it is that you're, you're hoping for, whether it's a separate area to wait in or uh, a place where you can sit and wait um, so you don't have to stand, that type of thing. And, and the, the card's been it was a lot more invaluable to me when Joey was more severe than he than it is now, and we still get it because of um, and but we don't use it as often as we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important that I think it's an important lesson for the kids to learn the patience of waiting, and not to mention if you if you're using it to get you on rides faster, you're, you're going to be exhausted in like two hours yeah. because. Sometimes that waiting for the ride is your break. And it's like, all, I remember when we first had it, and it was just like three hours had come by, and everybody was just dropped dead tired because we never stopped. We were just go, go, go. Right. So it is sometimes nice to stand and wait for a while, too. Well, and the, and the guest assistance card is not um, an automatic go to the front of the line path. Right, exactly. And, uh, you know, in, in fact, uh, Disney very rarely. Um, moves people to the front of the line, even wheelchair users or, or ECV users. Most of the queues now are wide enough to accommodate um, wheelchairs and, and uh, ECVs, and so those are, those people are mainstreamed as well. Um, so you really you're not getting you know put to the front of the line just you know to get when you get this pass. It's it's more to accommodate you in a in a special way so that uh, you can make your your wait time more enjoyable. One of the tips that I had put into your book that was a really important one for me at Magic Kingdom was for the parades. And this was um, this was such a wonderful thing because my son absolutely loved watching the boats come down at Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. He could have stayed there for two hours and just watched them come down. And I think a lot of children with autism would really get into that. I mean, it's it's a wonderful splash. It's a great sound. It's a great visual as the water comes piping up. And and he loved to watch, listen to the people scream as they would be coming down. So we had mentioned about during parade time, that might be a good place to stand. So right. let the, ch- the child to watch the boats come down at Splash Mountain. You can still see the, the afternoon parade that way. Um, and But... The, the point of that story being is who knows what it's going to be at the park that your child is really going to get an enjoyment out of. Right. You need to kind of play into that. It's, it's okay if you have to, you know, eat your lunch in front of the boat coming down at Splash Mountain mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, let, let them enjoy their world for a time because in so much of the real world, they don't get to have their, their enjoyment. Um, so that that's just another thing. The other thing that I failed to mention before we actually started talking about all the different parks, and I do want to hit all of the parks, but um, is about making the social stories book. And I know that your other readers have written about this before. Um, writers have, peer reviewers have written about this, and I wrote about this in my last one too, is that as you're going through all the steps of Disney, it is so important to let 
have some kind of communication to your child as to what you're going to be doing. Um, the, by making a book, I would get brochures from all the parks and I cut them out or I would buy um, Disney books from the used bookstore and cut the pictures out of those and make a play-by-play book as to what we're going to be doing. Now, it wouldn't say we're going to go to this ride, then we're going to go to that ride, but it would say we're going to be at Magic Kingdom, we're going to have lunch here, this is, you know, we're going to um, have a good time. We're going to see the fireworks. We're going to go back to the hotel. Something something really basic, but something so that they understood that it's going to be, every day is going to be something different, and they kind of know what to expect. So social storybooks can really help in this. And um, there's plenty of pictures out there that have pictures, uh, you know, old books and things like that you can get with pictures of Disney. And I, will they send you brochures of the parks if you if you write them in advance? Do either of you know that? They don't do that, but one of the things they do offer now is customized maps where you can go to DisneyWorld.com and um, put in your family um, likes or dislikes or whether you want something geared towards children or adults oh, or whatnot. Oh, cool. And then they'll send you maps for each of the four parks um, in the mail, and I would allow four to six weeks to get those. But it is a fun thing that you can do, and you might be able to use those either as cutouts or to take with you so you can follow along in terms of where you're going and what you're going to be seeing. That is a great suggestion. I didn't know about that. So they go they go to the website to get that again? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so you, have they go- be, you have to be a registered user of Disney DisneyWorld.com. Okay. And uh, once you register, then... Uh, you should be able to find the the link that will take you to the customized map. Okay, perfect. That's a, that's a very, very good suggestion. All right, we've got to take a break in just a few, uh, few seconds here. Uh, when we get back, let's talk about the other parks, um, Epcot, uh, Animal Kingdom, MGM, and, of course, the wonderful water parks, which are so spectacular. We'll also cover what, where to stay. We'll be right back with talking about Passporter's Open Mouth. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk protein. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Choosing to live healthy requires facts, not fads or fantasy. Health is a lifestyle, and that lifestyle requires choice. But real life imposes demands that can challenge a structured schedule. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific for healthy lifestyle solutions and learn how to handle life's little curveballs. Shannon and Rob bring you Get Fit Radio. Tune in to Tone Up. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 
888-346-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back talking about Pass Porter's Open Mouth book for Walt Disney World. It is such a fantastic book. You need to bring your kids to, to Disney World. It is the perfect place for any type of a vacation with a child or an adult with autism or whichever your disability might be. It's just absolutely magical. I'm in love with Disney and have been for the last five years or so. And um, these two women have really brought some great knowledge to how to make this trip easier for your child with autism as well as yourself. Um, really, it's, it's about making it easier for yourself and, it, and making it more enjoyable for the child with autism. So we talked about Magic Kingdom a little bit. Um, one thing I just wanted to mention at Magic Kingdom are um, uh, is, it was, was the show that, oh, is it, um, what's the one? It's like, it's like seven minutes long. It's a 3D show. Um, Filler, Filler Magic? Magic. Filler Magic. Filler Magic. Filler Magic, yeah. Um, th- that can be a make or break it show for your child. <laughs> My son thinks it's the greatest thing in the world, but if shows be- you think might be intense for your child, make sure you sit towards the edge, um, like at the very, very end, get at the very end of the aisle so that if you have to make a quick exit, you can. Um, that can be helpful, too. Right. Um, Epcot. The wonderful world of Epcot, and it is such a big world, and there is so much to do and so much to walk. Um, it, this this park is becoming more exciting as they're getting some. They have some spectacular rides uh, with soaring, and um, uh, the test track was. You know, I just I thought Test Track was going to be so scary, and my daughter finally convinced me to go on it, and I thought that was like one of the most fun things I've ever done. <laughs> it's a fun ride. It's it's quite intense, and I'm very motion sickness. I just but it, because it doesn't spin me, I guess I was fine. Um, but there's also the whole world, and there's a lot of shopping in the world, and there's a lot of breakable things in the world in all the different countries, and so that is something to really be a concern with autism. Um, you know, my we of course do the it's it's the World Showcase, and then what's the other part called? Future World. Future World, okay. So Future World, we do that, get the rides out, get the excitement done, and then kind of calm down as we enter the World Showcase so that there's not so much um, energy left over to break those beautiful Hummels or Mm -hmm. any of the wonderful wine glasses in Italy or whatever it might be. Um, One of the really nice things about World Showcase is all the live entertainment. Yes. And it can range from a musical group to a singing a cappella group to the wonderful Chinese acrobats to watching uh, a Japanese woman make animals out of candy and taffy and and rock bands. There's just such a wide plethora of entertainment that if if you do have a family and, and you don't want everyone to go in the shop, you might be able to split up and somebody can stay outside, a couple people outside watching one of the acts, and the other couple people can go in the shop and look around. And that's a great suggestion, and, and some of the shops are fantastic. We we always love Japan because being gluten and dairy-free, um, we can get... Uh, usually you can buy snack foods in there to, to take along for later that are natural, like different kinds of rice chips mm-hmm. and um, even candies that don't have as many dyes in them and things like that. They have some great choices in Japan for those who are on a gluten and dairy-free diet. Um, plus, I always usually need some green tea to wake me up about that point of the day. But uh, um, the, 
Epcot itself also, can you talk, um, one of you, about innovations? Because I think that that is a really neat place for, for kids with autism. Interventions is um, an area that actually is on both sides of future world, and it's a very loud, stimulating place, but it has <laughs> lots of hands-on exhibits. So if your autistic child is looking for stimulation, this is a perfect place to go. Um, you might want to have earplugs, uh, use earplugs just in case. You don't know if the noise will be too loud or not. They do have a couple areas where it's um, the testing labs for you know, dropping suitcases and throwing things against the wall and stomping on things. So it can be very loud in that area, but again, there's a lot of hands-on you can do. There's an area where you can make little plastic robots. There's an area where they teach you about uh, fire safety in the home. It's called Where's the Fire? And they have different uh, levels, age levels, of little game exercises you can do to teach the family about what happens if there's a fire in the home, what happens if this. Um, there's an arcade area, so to speak, a video arcade area. There's just so many different things and interventions. Uh, but it is good to note that it, it is very overstimulating, even for the adults. <laughs> One tip for that is um, we would always try to make that trip to interventions either first thing when we first got there, like at 9 o'clock, or to go much, much like right before they closed mm-hmm. um, and try to stay out of it during the lunch peak hours that around the lunch times always seems to be pretty crowded around there. Um, and, and a lot of the things that are in there, my son didn't understand. There are games to play and things that required skills that he just didn't understand, and that made it a little frustrating. But, but there were plenty of other things for him to do and to walk around, and it does become a nice place for a child, especially to ex- escape the heat if you're there in the summertime. And Another to, nice thing to do in Epcot is they have KidCot stations. They're called KidCot Fun Stops. And there's a cast member there. There's usually a variety of activities. It could be coloring. It could be putting stickers on something. Um, Sometimes they have uh, the children making masks. But there's Mm -hmm. different things they can do. And also at the KidCut stations, I know there's one in in the Seas with Nemo and Friends, they might have skulls or different... Uh, portions of animal, or in this case, a shark jaw, where you can get a lot of tactile stimulation. You can actually feel and touch um, the bones of the fish or the head of the fish and do things like that. So that also can help. Wonderful place. Um, Let's move on to Animal Kingdom. And uh, Animal Kingdom, which is... uh, some people just absolutely love it. It's their favorite place, and other people would say it's their least favorite of the parks. I, I would say, for me, it's in the middle. I really enjoy Animal Kingdom, and I love, especially with um, Expedition Everest, uh, the addition of that. But it's also a nice place to be able to, uh, for a child who really likes to roam and likes to run a lot, and, and uh, it, it, because there, there's so much open space that's allowable there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and as just as Debbie was saying about the um, Kidcot stations in um, Epcot, there are a lot of hands-on type of things for uh, children to do in Animal Kingdom as well. Uh, at the beginning, as at the front end of the park, you'll often find cast members who have uh, small animals or insects in cases that you can you know look at them, and um, occasionally they may take them out like lizards or 
um, things like that that you can look at and see. And then further uh, into the park in the uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch area, there's a lot of, uh, there's a petting zoo and there's a lot of hands-on activities for the kids up there as well. Um, so it's, it's a really good park uh, for, for a child who does, who is curious and likes to explore uh, and isn't afraid, you know, of the animals that, you know, they may see. And there's nothing more spectacular than the Lion King show that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, just one of the best shows that I've ever seen, and we've seen it again and again. And that that is one, honestly, that I do use my special assistance guest card to be able to get my son as close to the front as possible mm-hmm. because my son rocks a lot. And it's not as so much of a, a service to us that we get him in one of those upfront benches, but it can be disturbing to people behind him. Mm-hmm. So um, he he gets there and he just starts rocking because he's so excited from everything that he's seen. But that is one of, in my opinion, one of the best shows that Disney does. Um, I love, I love that show. Of course, it helps that my son's a, a big Lion King fan. Right. But um, it's great. Okay, let's move on to um, uh, to MGM. And I, the, the, I would say that there's a lot of different things at MGM that are a lot of fun. But um, depending on the age of your child and whether or not they watch the Disney Channel or not. Um, a certain favorite, at least a lot of the kids that I talk to, is the Playhouse Disney. Can one of you talk about all the wonderful things that are at Playhouse Disney? Sure. They, they, uh, it's, the show started a couple of years ago with the popularity of the uh, Bear in the Big Blue House. And sadly, Bear is not in the show anymore, but they have been introducing some of the new Disney Channel stars. And so they have uh, Roly Polioli and uh, Jojo and Goliath, and I believe they're um, adding Handy Mandy, Handy Manny, who's a new oh sure. Star. I, I think they're adding him as well, and uh, it's a it's a fun show for the kids. You sit on the floor, and uh, the puppets are actually up on the stage with a live cast member interacting with them. Uh, the cast member actually comes down into the audience and has the kids dancing and standing up and and uh, jumping around. Um, there are a lot of other things happening during the show besides the music. They um, actually blow bubbles down on the children, so that's something if your child doesn't like you know that kind of tactile experience, the bubbles do come down and um, and it can be kind of noisy in there and kind of uncomfortable because you're sitting on the floor. So it's it really one of those things where you have to know what your child likes and and can tolerate. But uh, young ones especially really seem to enjoy the show. It is. It's fun, especially if you know if you know the songs and you know the the entries. It's it's one of the only channels that we do watch is the uh, Playhouse Disney, and um, it's always a very exciting time when we get to go. My um, teenage daughter begrudgingly goes with me every single time and she just likes to watch me because I'm so happy watching my son. So well, I like we, to go myself even though my son is well past the Disney Channel age. So we took a last time we were there I took a picture of my teenage daughter with um uh, uh the little Einsteins and then I emailed it to her teacher back home who proudly presented it to the rest of the class. It was it was a nice embarrassment embarrassing moment for her. Um, okay, we, we are going to take another break. When we get back, well, let's talk about the water parks and then some information on where you may want to stay. We'll be right back. 
a healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk protein. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Many employers are concerned as well as confused by the current alphabet soup of employee benefits in the marketplace today. On the Benefits Buzz, Inside Health Insurance in America, host Sharon Alt and her expert guests clear up some of that confusion by offering answers to the difficult questions in a clear, understandable manner. Sharon is not a doctor, but a health insurance professional with over 15 years of experience. She draws on that experience to help make the apparent maze of health insurance options and procedures more easily understood and navigated. Join host Sharon and all as she discusses some of the myths versus realities of health insurance in America. Hear from insurance industry insiders as well as high-ranking government officials as we peel back the layers of how health insurance has, could, and should work in America. This show is not only for the employer, but the employee, the insured, and the uninsured. The Benefits Buzz, Inside Health Insurance in America with Sharon Alt. Broadcast each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. To a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. I have the uh, wonderful authors with me, both Deb um, Wills and Deborah Coma. And we've been talking about all the different parks and all the different things to do when you're working with autism at Disney World. Um, the second, the next parks I want to talk about is Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, the two water parks. Now, one of the things that I want to first mention, because this is the first red flag that comes to me with autism, is if you are very dependent on a guest assistance card and you use that as a way to get through lines quickly, um, this is not something that you're going to be able to use at the water parks. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're going to have to wait in line just as everyone else waits in line. And some of the lines can be long, depending on when you're there. Yes. When's a good time, would you say, to go to Blizzard Beach? Because it's not really, you can't really go off-season so much um, because of the fact that it's cold. Uh, do did they, did they close? With, what, are, they clo- are they open just part of the year or... Each, each of the water parks has an annual maintenance, um, and it's usually in the winter months. So it's okay. usually like November, December. Um, the one will close for four to six weeks, something like that, and then the other one will close. So they're never both closed at the oh. same time. Um, but, you know, with the weather uh, in Orlando, even in what you might think would be off-season, it's still warm enough usually, and the pools are heated 
Right. So you can pretty much go year-round. I've been in October. Um, I know that's not really too off-season, but, it, you know, it's been just as hot as uh, July. So, sure, sure. Um, and, 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 you know, it, as much as you like to be there when it's hot, too hot is not comfortable either. Exactly. Because even though you're around water, you're still having to stand in line, and it can be really miserable when it's too hot. It's, it's a, nice to find a good, happy medium. Yes. I was at Blizzard Beach this past, I think it was January or February, and it was a very hot day, but the crowds were extremely low. In fact, I yeah. think the cast member told me at, the, at that point they had had only 500 people there that day. Which, wow. Yeah, incredibly, <laughs> incredibly really low. low. Um, the, the, the one thing that I want to warn people about, because this was a really not good thing that happened to me the very first time we went to Typhoon Lagoon is they do close at the slightest threat of a thunderstorm. And this is a really big problem because we went with my son. We had only been there a couple of hours. He was just starting to get into it. And they didn't close. They made us kind of go into a holding pattern. So mm-hmm. nobody was allowed to go into any water but we were we just had to sit there and basically not go in the water, and that is a very hard thing to tell a child who doesn't communicate well that we're here, but you can't go in the water. Right. Yeah, I think they do that if they spot lightning within a, a couple mile radius of the area. Um, I think they told me it was 30 miles. Yeah, they said it was like 30, something like that. But the reason I'm mentioning it now is that if there is a threat of a thunderstorm on a day you're going to go, you may want to switch days Mm -hmm. because um, it's not a good place to go if if they're expecting um, thunder and lightning. And and, and that's a a frequent thing in Florida. (laughs) It happens a lot. A great great place to to be. Um, Where to stay? A... A hard decision for every family, but yet there's so many wonderful options, and your book really takes this apart, so we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Um, And certainly your budget has a tremendous amount to do with it. Um, But if you can, if if you do have the budget that can get you on one of the monorail lines, um, I, I can't recommend it enough for when you're working with autism because of the convenience of, you know, the ride starts at your hotel, which just makes it so much fun. I would would agree with that. And and uh, it just makes getting into and out of at least the Magic Kingdom uh, quite easy. So, yeah, if you can afford to stay on a monorail resort. Yeah. I love I loved Polynesian. It was something that my husband and I enjoyed tremendously, especially because their pool and everything was so great. Um, but I have to say the contemporary with really just almost walking out our door onto the monorail was, was an amazing experience. Being in the tower, uh, I mean, that, that was just such a, a fantastic experience of being at the contemporary. Now, I had made a tip which you had used in your book about the Grand Floridian. Um, we had gone there for breakfast. And that is just not a place that I highly recommend to take a child with autism who has a lot of, who does a lot of noises. My son um, squeals very, very high pitched when he's very happy, and it is, um, it's a very quiet hotel compared to compared to the uh, many of the other ones. It is. There's not a lot of uh, hustle and bustle and activity like you find in the other hotels. I think one of the reasons is. It's a big convention hotel, and you'll get um, 
businesses in there. And the other thing is it's a very expensive hotel. Right. And it might not be in the best budget for a lot of families. One of the things that works really well for accommodations are, are the D- Disney Vacation Club resorts. And these can actually work really well if you have an autistic child because you can get a one-bedroom villa and uh, you either pay cash like you would for any of the other resorts or you can use DVC points. Uh, but you have a, a master bedroom, you have a full kitchen you have a washer and dryer. You have a living room area with a pull-out couch. It offers a number of amenities right there at Disney, just like being at home. In fact, that's what they call it, the home away from home. So those are another uh, set of accommodations that you also might want to consider. So do you need to be a part of the club to do that, or can you just rent, just pay for them as you would a hotel room? You can pay for them as you would a hotel room, or you can actually uh, rent points. Uh, there are a couple different community Disney boards out there where you can actually rent points from members who aren't able to use them all. Or ask around. You never know. One of your friends might belong to the Disney Vacation Club and able to help you out there. But you can pay cash, yes. Is there good information about that on allears.net? There is. Okay. We have a whole section on Disney Vacation Club and being able to use those resorts. Tell me about some of the features people can find on allears.net. Well, we pride ourselves in, in being jam-packed and being one of the most accurate and dependable websites out there. Uh, we have over 5,000 pages of information. We have over 5,000 photos. So if you want to see what a ride looks like, you want to see what the attraction vehicle looks like, you want to see, okay, I'm considering staying at the Contemporary. What exactly do those rooms look like? Or perhaps you want to go to a special restaurant. We have photos of just about everything imaginable uh, on the website for you to look at. We have menus for every single restaurant on Disney property. Wow. This helps a great deal, not just in terms of budget, but also if you're concerned about special diets. And we right. have reader reports on special diets, what people's firsthand experiences have been with the various restaurants. We have a huge review section where people will put their own reviews for the restaurants and the um, restaurants, hotels, and different special activities that are available. So we'd like to think you can find just about whatever you would want on there. Um, I think I hit some of the highlights. Debbie? Yeah, I think I think you covered you know most of the major things that people will find. We have a whole section on uh, travelers with special needs on the site as well. Excellent. Um, where we, uh, as Deb mentioned, we do have photos of the attraction vehicles, and we also have things for, for uh, you know, people people of size who have written in and uh, shared their experiences, and uh, so we, you know, try to focus somewhat on on those aspects on the site as well as in the book. Good. Another thing that's important is companion restrooms. We have them in the book, and we also have them listed on the website. Oh, those are very important uh, if, you know, you, your son's too too old to go into the ladies' room but needs to be accompanied. There's a right. companion restroom. Um, you can use the first aid stations. On the website, we have listings of where those are. And what we've been trying to do, too, is not all of them have uh, full-size changing tables in them. Some only have changing tables that are available for infant or toddler sizes. So we're trying to put that information out there, too, so you can you know where you need to go. 
Okay, great. Oh, we have to close. I, I can't believe we, we've hit it all. We, we did actually pretty well. We, we got through the whole part pretty, pretty quickly. But, and get so much great information. I have to tell you both, I'm off to Disneyland next year, uh, next February. So I'm hoping, uh, that that's, that's a book you're considering in the future. I'll, <laughs> I'll take my notes while I'm there. Um, I, I, I don't know how Joey's gonna do with a whole different environment, but, um, we, we just decided we needed a little bit of a challenge, so we're gonna take on California next time. Good luck. Thanks. I'll let you know how it goes. You two are wonderful. I feel very blessed to have been able to work with your book, and I also am thankful for what you offer people. Um, This is this is not only a great book; it's a service, and we appreciate how you are serving others with this book. Thank you. We've certainly appreciated your support, Betsy. Your help with the book and. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I will always, I will always be a fan. We'll be all with you back next week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Bye bye. The Sensory Learning Center would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Betsy or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.